What's up, everyone? Aaron here with the first ever 5 at 5 hockey episode. So today we are looking at the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, of course, and we've got two conference final series going on, but one just finished. The Avalanche just swept the Oilers in four games with a terrific comeback coming back from both 3-1 to and 4-2 to in that final game for uh, two two-goal deficits they faced. And it was a pretty crazy game that they won overtime. Sad for the Oilers and McDavid and Drysdale as they played terrific this postseason, as we will look at. Uh, but the Avalanche are stacked, loaded, and team ready to go in the Stanley Cup final. I can guarantee that. On the other side, on the east, we've got the Rangers and Lightning. And the Lightning just tied up 2-2 last night on Tuesday, recording this on Wednesday. Uh, cr- really good game for the Lightning. They played two terrific games at home. Looking forward to seeing Game 5 back in New York to see what happens. Moving on to so far throughout these playoffs. So, uh, Conrad, David, and Leon Dreisel, the two Oilers superstars, have led the playoffs in points so far. As you can see, 33 for McDavid, 32 for uh, Dreisel, but they're now eliminated. So, obviously, a lot of people are holding McDavid cards. Where does this market go from here? Uh, probably down for the immediate short-term future, but throughout the offseason, might make a good buying opportunity uh, into next season when I'm sure he's going to be right back up there uh, playing at the top of the game this year. He's probably going to win the Hart Trophy, the MVP. Uh, we'll see for sure soon, probably, but... Other than that, Mika Zibanejad, uh, Adam Fox, Kel McCarr, Nikita Kucherov, and Nathan McKinnon round out the top seven, uh, which is funny because most of those dudes that we're talking about actually are on this list. Actually, all the dudes we're talking about today are on the list. So first up, we've got Nikita Kucherov, who has put on two back-to-back stellar performances at home, uh, multiple goals, multiple assists, and as you can see, his market is bouncing back because of that. Uh, right when they're about to get eliminated to the Maple Leafs, his card dropped quite significantly. The Young Guns PSA 10 down around like 450, all the way up to over 900 now with the all-time high. Uh, that is a 47% gain over the last year, but even more recently, it's gained more value. Uh, we're looking at another Young Guns here. This is Cal McCarr. He is the top young defensive superstar out there in the NHL right now. He's playing absolutely unbelievable. Uh, Adam Fox, who we're going to talk about next, is, is very talented too. But Cal McCarr for the Avalanche is a star, and his card also just hit just about an all-time high. It looks to be an all-time high, uh, plus 100 or 142% over the last year. Uh, but since the playoffs started, this thing's jumped from around like 625 up to 1,016 most recent value. So his card's definitely trending for good reason. Uh, one guy who we will be looking to buy in the offseason definitely right now is not the right time for obvious reasons. They will probably, in my opinion, win the Stanley Cup. And if they do, maybe they go higher. Uh, but I just feel like after in the offseason, the cards will probably drop anyways. Uh, looking at Adam Fox here, his Young Guns PSA 10 has dropped 57% over the last year. So that was pretty low supply, uh, not many PSA 10s out there. And then uh, as more got graded, it dropped in price, even with a great season he had. Has been bouncing back recently in the postseason because, as you can see, he is in the top seven points for the entire playoffs right now. A young American defenseman for the Rangers, and uh, for good reason. Now, looking at a different card of his, you know, the Young Guns, a lot got graded, so the price dropped. If you look at his SP Authentic Future Watch Ricky Auto of $9.99, a very top high-end investment card in the NHL or in the hockey market, uh, two of them sold for six sixty five and five twenty as PSA tens uh, in March, and now most recently on June fourth, uh, in the midst of this series, one sold for one thousand fifty two. So it's quite the price hike there. Uh, the Young Guns is bouncing back a little bit. This uh, SP Authentic one has done extremely well. So it really does go to show that rarity and yes, more expensive cards too uh, are doing very well. But if if you could, I would definitely buy this over like four Young Guns. I suppose is my point. Next up is Mika Zibanejad. This guy has got the ultimate slap shot on the power play. It just felt like every single game against the Lightning, he was scoring goals on the power play with that slap shot. Uh, and it makes sense why this just sold 
well, what actually we're looking at here first is back in January 2022 or January 2019, one of these PSA 10s sold for $13.50 as a pop four at the time. A few days ago, a PSA 10 sold for over $1,000. So that just really goes to show how his market's changed in the past three years. Obviously, as many sports cards have gained value in the last three years, but his specifically, uh, because he, you know, his season totals weren't amazing. He had the most points this season, which was 81, I think is one per game he had, uh, but he had a better per game uh, point total back in 2000 and I think 19 it was, and uh, he had the most goals of his career that year. So really, it wasn't like a career year in a, in a wide capacity. Yes, the most points, but the most games played too. And uh, this postseason has been unbelievable as he's top three in points in the entire playoffs right now. The last guy we're looking at is Leon Drysdale um, because his market has been up and down over the last year. He had an outstanding season, uh, top three in points in the entire NHL this year, right next to Connor McDavid and uh, Jonathan Huberdeau for the Panthers. And he really, really obviously is, is a good player, you know, scoring goals, assists, the whole nine yards. Uh, but it, his card has increased 56% in the last year's Young Guns rookie PSA 10. Uh, more recently, it was on the dip throughout the postseason, then bounced back a little bit as he has. He did have a great uh, postseason performance, even though that they didn't. They obviously get past the Avalanche. Avalanche are just a better team, and Mike Smith and the defense of the Oilers couldn't keep up with them eventually, and, and that's what happens. You get swept. So hopefully we see the Oilers bounce back as just a you know very general hockey fan over here. I don't really have an allegiance to one team. I would love to see McDavid get a Stanley Cup. Not happening this year. Uh, might be the Avalanche and Nathan McKinnon's and Cal McCarr's year. But that's it for 5 at 5 for the hockey car market. Hope you enjoyed. Now into the next one. What's up, everyone? Changing it up a little bit today, we're going to be starting with some golf. Usually I cover basketball or football, but we're going golf today because there is a new golf tournament, and it's called the LIV. So you know you've got the PGA Tour. Well, this is basically the same thing, but a little bit different, a little bit different, and we're going to get into that today and why it is important to you. A card collector. So you've got the LIV Golf. Who are we? This is the cover photo of their website. Our mission is to modernize and supercharge the game of professional golf through expanded opportunities for both players and fans alike. Now, if you know anything about the PGA Tour, it's polite clapping. It's some cheering. You get the waste management open in Phoenix. And you've got that, like, what, 17th hole, something like that, 13th hole, where it's encased with stands it's electric i think that this is probably going to be a little bit more like that than your typical pga tour event now our format this is also from their website 12 teams so instead of individual players playing in groups they will have 12 teams four players per team each week and what's interesting there is that with those teams they get drafted every week so you know, this week, Lee Westwood and Ian Poulter are playing together with a couple other guys. But next week, those two guys might be playing against each other on a completely different team. They are doing a snake draft every single week to choose the teams. There's 48 players, four teams, per, four players per team, 54 holes. So only three 18 round matches. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, presumably, as opposed to Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So it gives people ability to watch golf, whereas they might not be able to on Thursday. There's only eight events, 
This is interesting because seven of the events, the first seven events, will crown the individual winner. So you might be on different teams each week, but the individual with the most points at the end of the season, the seven-round season here, will be crowned the winner of the LIV. And then the eighth, we will get to that. The eighth match, we will get to that. No cuts. So if your favorite guy is golfing and he does poorly round one, and round two, like you do in the PGA Tour, and you don't get to see him golf on Saturday and Sunday, which stinks because a lot of people can't watch on Thursday, Friday. Well, they get to watch their favorite player now. And Shotgun starts that eighth match I talked about. This is the match play playoff bracket. And so what happens is the eighth match is the team championship round. And so you have the day split up. And this is the only four-day event that they will be having. Day one, teams 5 through 12 will be playing each other. Day two, the top four teams that got buys on day one will be playing the teams that move on. And then day three, the teams that move on from there will be playing each other in a final four. And then finally, the championship day, whoever made it to the last two rounds, those two teams will be playing. So it will be eight golfers that day plus the third and fourth round playoff match so it's actually pretty cool and whoever wins that obviously is crowned crowned the team champion now the liv has made some news because it is saudi arabia backed funding and a lot of guys have gone against it guys who have gone for it dustin johnson he got 125 million dollars not to win anything just to play in the liv so pretty incredible, $125 million there and $200 million for Phil Mickelson to play in the LIV. Some other guys that are here, Patrick Reed, Lee Westwood, Bryson DeChambeau, Ian Poulter, and Louis Oosthuizen. All th five of those guys um, have agreed to play in the LIV. I have them all holding trophies here. That is important to me because... Obviously, they are very good golfers. The PGA Tour is losing good golfers. One thing that should be mentioned, the PGA Tour and the Masters are separate, so you can still go play the majors. So, like, Dustin Johnson can play the four majors, but he can't play in regular season PGA Tour events, and so can these guys if they are allowed to. Um, Dustin Johnson, former majors winner. Patrick Reed, Bryson DeChambeau, you get the point. Noticeably missing... Tiger Woods, he was offered a mind-bogglingly mind-boggling number in the high nine figures, probably close to a billion dollars. Some have rumored to play in the LIV. He turned it down because he respects the legacy of the PGA Tour. I'm actually very impressed that he turned down almost a billion dollars. But again, Saudi Arabia backed financing has a lot of people shaking their heads. Now they do own Newcastle. Uh, I think they're in F1, so, you know, it doesn't have everyone shaking their heads, right? But what's interesting here is I don't know what's going to happen with golf. Dustin Johnson was the 15th-ranked player. Louis Oosthuizen was the 21st-ranked player. Bryson DeChambeau, 28th. Kevin Na, who is in it, I didn't put his picture up, but he's in it, 34th. Patrick Reed, 36th. Bill Mickelson, 72nd. Lee Westward, 78th. Ian Poulter, 92nd. These are all top 100 golfers in the world. And if you go and look at the rankings, these go into the thousands. There's a lot of golfers in the world. And we're talking about, what, 
two, four, six, eight of the top hundred missing. And this is just the start. I don't know what to make of it. I don't know what's going to happen to the PGA Tour. I don't know what is going to happen to the LIV. Obviously, only eight. It's June to October. Only eight matches could be interesting. As for card prices, we got Dustin Johnson, $214 for a 2012 Upper Deck Goodwin Champions Auto and $715 for a 2021 Upper Deck SP Authentic Bryson DeChambeau Rookie Auto. All right, for baseball today, I've got a couple guys here. Number one, summary of his 2022 season, he's hitting 218 with 337 on base, 423 slugging, 760 OPS, 113 OPS plus. So he's a positive player, 0.2 win above replacement and 78 at-bats. Player two is hitting 250 with a 308 on base, a 507 slugging, 814 OPS, 128 OPS plus. He's 28% better than league average. And he has a 1.9 baseball reference win above replacement in 152 at-bats. So obviously, player two is better than player one, but player one is still a positive player. Now, if we go forward, let's look at their splits. Player one, he's ha he has 1,184 OPS against righties in 47 plate appearances. In 45 plate appearances against left-handers, he has a 347 OPS. 347 is absolutely pitiful. 1,184 OPS means you're like an MVP or better than an MVP because, you know, MVPs usually settle around 1,000 OPS. Uh, almost 1,200 OPS is insane. So, like, that's a drastic difference. He goes from MVP levels against righties to non-playable against lefties. Player two, more of the same story. 141 plate appearances and 41 games against righties. He has a 954 OPS in 16 games and 29 plate appearances against lefties. He has a 176 OPS. So the same thing, unplayable against lefties, playable against righties. Now, I'll give you a moment. You might want to pause and try to figure out who these are before I show them to you. So you've had that moment to pause. Now let's move on. Player one is Keston here, and I've pulled up a sweet Keston here at Topps Heritage Chrome Super Fractor 101 PSA 10 that just sold two days ago for $760. I'm super jealous. I had no idea this was ending. Not that I have $760, but I would have loved to add it in my collection. Player two is Jazz Chisholm, and you have here a Bowman Chrome Gold Auto that sold for $366 on June 7th on auction. Now, the reason I bring these players up, and now that you know who these guys are, is because you would say to yourself, oh, Kesson here are kind of disappointing. Not really that good of a player. Jazz Chisholm, amazing player. And to an extent, Jazz Chisholm is a very good player. He has a 1.9 win above replacement and 152 at-bats. If he gets up to 600 at-bats this year, you know, he's a six win above replacement player. That's really, really nice. Okay, that's really nice. That's a really good player. The difference here is that, one, I saw somebody tweet out yesterday that Jazz Chisholm was not a good player because of his 176 OPS and that he was just a utility player. That is the wrong take. You can't get 1.9 win above replacement if you're not a good player. You just can't do it through a full season. And he's only had 150 at-bats. He is a good player. And just because he can't hit lefties doesn't make him a bad player. You just have to know how to use him. He's a good shortstop. He is a good hitter against righties. As long as you put him in position to succeed, you will reap the benefits. As for Keston Hira... 
Clearly, he has not been put in a position to succeed. He has two less plate appearances against lefties than righties. And so you look at that 1,184 OPS and you say, hey, if we just cut back the plate appearances against lefties, give him more against righties, he'd probably be a lot better player than a point to win above replacement player. So Kesson here are pretty cheap. Jazz Chisholm pretty expensive. The Marlins know how to use Jazz Chisholm, and they're using him really well to complement his strengths. The Brewers have not been using Kesson here to complement his strengths. Some of that is because he doesn't really have a position to play. He's not a very good defender. You don't want to play him at second. You kind of want to play him at first, but Rowdy Telez is playing there. So for me, if I'm looking at him, I'm saying, all right, can the Brewers trade him away? I love Keston. Or if Rowdy gets injured, can the Brewers do something to either get him more right-handed plate appearances or trade him away? And if that happens, and there's a lot more righties than lefty pitchers in the majors, if he can have that happen, you're going to look at a guy who suddenly starts having a lot better numbers throughout the season by just facing righties, and people are going to start taking notice. So keep this in mind when you are investing in players. Sometimes overall stats don't show the entire picture. Sometimes you need to dive a little bit deeper, find those splits, and say, all right, this is what's happening. And if the Brewers can start using Kesson here the correct way, that might be a good investment like the Marlins are doing with Jazz. Jazz is obviously a good player. People are spending good money on him, and they're not caring at all that he's not hitting lefties because he's hitting righties and he's getting his at-bats against righties. What is up, everybody? It's Zach from at Premier Soccer Investing here with the Slap Sox FC 5 at 5. Let's get into it. So PSG signed a license with Topps, um, and from that, from my understanding, that means they will be creating an official collection, an official Topps Chrome box set just focused on PSG with authentic autos signed by some of the team's greatest players. It seems like this means only cards with PSG players in a PSG shirt moving forwards will only be from tops, but I think PSG players will still be available to be used in like the national team, like Prism World Cup sets, like that Mbappe and others will be in. This is an interesting one. Tops license partnering with individual teams. PSG is obviously a global brand, especially with Messi and Mbappe and Neymar all on that same team. And I'm excited to see what this set looks like. Moving on. So Wales was facing off against Ukraine for the final spot in the World Cup to be uh, in Group B with the U.S., England, and Iran. And behind Bale's deflective free kick that was credited as an Andrei Yarmolenko own goal and great goalkeeping play. Wales is in their first World Cup in 60 years, 64 years. You have to feel for Ukraine, obviously, with what's going on there and just how well they played too. But this leads to a discussion of Bale and his car prices. He's one of the best players of his generation with a very credible argument as the best British player of all time, but he's he's always gone so underappreciated. He was a Premier League legend at Tottenham, and then at Real Madrid, he was really one of their best players for years and years and years, but the fans and him never got on quite well, despite the spectacular goals he scored for them and the trophies he won for them. And as you can see from his market, A, there's not many sales of his true rookie. They don't, they're hard to find with this. The 2007 Panini Coca-Cola Soccer Championship. Obviously, they're pretty rare with only 34 total graded by PSA. But a PSA 9 was sold for $295 in October 2020. It's the most recent sale of that. And then a PSA 8 sold recently in May of 2022 for $150. For how low pop this is and how great of a player he is and how little these cards are selling for shows the lack of respect that 
Bale both gets in the soccer world, in the sport, and in the card market. And that's a worry because if you're prospecting, a prospect to have a, to have the career that Bale had would be a spectacular, spectacular, spectacular career. And yet still, the market for them is pretty non-existent. So that just highlights the risk involved with prospecting and how possibly as the market matures, a legend of the game like Bale will become will come to be appreciated by the market, but only time will tell. Huge transfer news this week. After Real Madrid was rebuffed by Kylian Mbappe, they turned their sights to midfielder Arilan Chouameni. He's a really young, bright talent. He's played huge games for Monaco already. He's, he's been a starter for the French national team for the last six months or so. And he looks like the future of their midfield, a French midfield pairing for Madrid, along with Eduardo Camavinga. He's a great player, exciting talent, and his card market is really non-existent right now, even though he was a $100 million player with his 2021 tops living being his like tops rookie card, and that's only $25. And then his rookie sticker, 2018-19 Panini foot from when he was at in his Bordeaux days going for $65. He's the type of player, even with the huge, huge transfer price tag he had and his what will be central roles for both the French national team and Real Madrid going forwards that I don't think will ever develop into a huge card market because he's a number eight with not many goals and assists to his game. But that doesn't mean he's not a fantastic player. I just don't think the card market will be there for him moving forwards. And then the other big transfer news is Liverpool are planning to, to bid around 80 million or so for Darwin Nunez with it rising to around 100 million in add-ons. This deal looks very likely to happen at this point. Nunez will be both Liverpool striker for the future and for now. He was brilliant at Benfica this season, scoring over 30 goals, tearing it up in the Champions League as well. And he has some cards to him, and he has some cards that have a lot of value with his 2020-21 uh, Panini Obsidian being his rookie card. And as you can see here, in March 30, 2022, uh, the SGC sent out of 30 sold for $480. And then just about a month later, it sold for $800. This transfer speculation around his name started to heat up. I think Nunez is a guy who can really explode into that Holland-level tier. He has the goals. He has the play. He's going to be playing for Liverpool moving forward, and his market's going to be a really interesting one to watch as time goes on. For today's Flip Quest 5 at 5, we're going to look at two different cards that Nate and I both – well, two different categories, we should say. They're dipping in value right now. That might be a good scoop here. So our Flip Quest 2022 is always powered by PWCC Weekly Auction. And here we are, auction number 21. And Nate, talk to me about this card slash just the theory here. All right. So we've got a 2019 Bowman Chrome Mega Box Auto PSA 9. Of course, there is no first on this card. For those of you that don't know about that know about Bowman Chrome cards, but don't know about Bowman Chrome Mega Boxes, there will be a first on the Bowman Chromes, but not on the Mega. But this is still a quote unquote first auto. That being said, the theory behind investing in Wander right now is that he is struggling. He currently has a 720 OPS, and you don't have to just use just Wander. You can look at Juan Soto and his 830 OPS. You can look at Flag Guerrero Jr. and his 820 OPS. Whoever it might be, there's a bunch of young guys right now that are struggling across the league. And if you believe in a talent and you believe that the talent is going to shine through eventually, when they're struggling is a great time to buy. And for me, this is the time to buy Wander. I do think he's going to turn it around. I think he's going to figure it out. And I'm willing to take that gamble on something like a 2019 Bowman Chrome Mega Box Mojo Auto PSA 9. 
the last BGS 9.5 this card did sell for 711 and a PSA 10 with a 10 auto actually so more recently for 965 so if you can get this thing in the probably like the few hundred dollar range or maybe the 400 dollar range might be a good buy uh but this does have a 10 auto on it also which, which helps with the sales value uh, but good call there Nate and uh, now let's look at the basketball one the card slash category that I'm going to discuss is the NBA players, the young players that didn't make the playoffs. So I've got a Lamella Ball card pulled up here. It's a 2020 Optic Pink Hollow Rookie Out 25 BGS 9. It's only $40 right now. It's ending this Sunday, of course, at 9.45 p.m. Eastern Time or 10 p.m. Eastern Time is when uh, extended bidding starts. But I'm not like a crazy Lamella fan or anything. But if you can get it on a good deal, it might be a good idea. The last PSA 10 sold for $2,444. Uh, for me right now, like, I'm not crazy about buying basketball cards myself just because we're doing a lot of other stuff with baseball and soccer and Formula One and everything. Money can only go so far. But just from looking at the market standpoint and what's moving, like basketball cards of young players who did not make the playoffs have dropped a lot. And even players that were in the playoffs but then got eliminated. Uh, if I were someone who were interested in basketball cards on a regular basis, I'd probably take a look at some of the guys that didn't make the playoffs that are in that young category range you know, 18 to 23 and see which ones could have the possibility make the playoffs the next season. Because I do feel like that there's just so little talk about the NBA right now in general. And once that NBA draft hits later this uh, June and there is, you know, different uh, summer league games going, all that stuff, people are definitely, gonna, at least in my opinion, I think are going to start to look back at the basketball car market and dudes like Jason Tatum and John Morant, Jason Tatum obviously is in the finals and he's been doing well this playoffs, but his cards are so extremely highly priced now. Uh, that there should be some deals to be found in the rest of the market is maybe the people who are buying basketball cards are focusing on players who are still in the finals. And uh, that would just be a theory that I have. So maybe something to look for in this auction would be players that are eliminated from the playoffs, rare numbered cards, on-card autographs. They might be able to bet on for, for maybe a preseason flip or if you want to hold it into the next season, if you really do project them to be a star. you know. And, and I think that's probably the, the way to go. Uh, upon many other ways you know it's not the only way nate's baseball thing isn't the only way to go uh, these are just two things that we're thinking about right now in the card market thank you everyone for watching this five at five on the flip quest be sure to tune in sunday at 9 45 p.m eastern time on youtube to join our episode watch us bid on cards sell some cards and talk about the market and give away some free slabs. 